Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Final Edition Radio Hour is a work of satire intended for people who own books, gentrify neighborhoods, and say they like kale. Please consume responsibly the satire, that is. This is Barry Lank, the West Coast producer of the Final Edition, and we in Los Angeles have the honor of introducing the 201st episode of the Final Edition Radio Hour. Uh, the 201st? Big 201. This show started back in 2012, and a lot of good people have come through here one time. What, um, what about the 200th episode? What about it? Why aren't we introducing the 200th episode? Because that was last week. No, um, what I'm saying is, uh, why didn't we help introduce that? It's a much more important episode, 200 even. No, 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 no. 201 is bigger. See, it's it's like when you count years. There's no year zero in the Christian calendar, right? The first year is year one. So the first year in this set is 201. Oh, Barry... Tony and Jeff in New York introduced the 200th episode by themselves, and they made you think it wasn't important. Nobody makes me think anything, Abby. Come on, Barry. Tony and I talked about this like grown-ups. Those are exactly the words he used, like grown-ups. And we figured out, together, that 201 is more important because it's like the first number in the set. And it's a prime number. Uh, 201 is not a prime number. It's divisible by three. You don't know that. No, no actually, she's right. Uh, the digits in 201 add up to three, so you can divide it by three. Uh, see, here, here, here's a calculator. 201 divided by three is 67. Tony said it's a prime number. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to... Did Steve Bannon really say that? The only show that brings together racist and racism in a wholesome, generic way. Here on Did Steve Bannon Really Say That? We get into what goes on in Steve Bannon's racist, depraved mind. But first, before we get to all that awesome racism, let me introduce you to our awfully racist contestants. First up is Brad Blackenjuice from Gainesville, Florida, where all of America's worst events happen. He likes to complain about Barack Obama and collect weapons for the upcoming apocalypse. Thanks for being here, Brad. Next up, our returning champion from Monsanto, which isn't a place. She's a water coating developer, and her favorite thing is to read Breitbart News. Welcome back, our champion, Nancy Hated You. You both know the rules. I'll read a quote, and you tell me whether Steve Bannon said it or if it was another well-known racist. 
Let's get to it. Nancy, since you're our returning champion, you get today's first quote. Here we go. I love these. That's one of the unintended consequences of the women's liberation movement, that in fact, the women that would lead the country would in fact be feminine. Hmm, that's pretty sexist in a very ambiguous way. If I know Steve Bannon, and I think I do, he most definitely said that. I was leaning in the direction of Pope John Paul II. I'll stick with my gut though. Correct! Points on the board! Next quote goes to Brad. Did Steve Bannon say, They're either a victim of race, they're a victim of their sexual preference, they're a victim of gender, all about victimhood, and the United States is the great oppressor. Mm, he sure as hellfire did say that. I walked 650 miles to hear that speech. Correct! Tie game! Next quote. Anyone ever notice how all composite pictures of wanted criminals look like Jesse Jackson? Pretty sure my grandma said that. She really hates the colors. Sorry, it's not your grandma. Nancy, for the steal? If I know my racism, and I think I do, I would say that sounds like a young Rush Limbaugh. Well done! Brad, next quote is to you. Did Steve Bannon ask, Who put the bop in the bop shoe bop shoe bop? Who put the ram in the rama lama ding dong? Mm-hmm, that, that, that was Barry Man. That's my favorite racist song ever. Correct! This next one's for Nancy. It's a good one. Did Steve Bannon say, I do not want our daughter to attend this school in Los Angeles because there are a number of Jews there? That is pure Steve Bannon paraphrased as per an accusation from his wife in divorce papers. Correct, Nancy. We could have also accepted a large percentage of Hollywood as an answer. You really know your racist quotes, Nancy. Well, I do hate blacks and Jews and even women. I hate everybody who's different. I just love hate. Hey, I'm racist too. Prove it. Next quote to Brad. Did Steve Bannon say, The Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. No, I'm pretty sure that was Mel Gibson. Very good. Brad gaining on Nancy. We have our last quote for this round. To Nancy, did Steve Bannon say, Blacks and Hispanics are too busy eating watermelons and tacos to learn how to read and write. Was it Donald Sterling, the former Clippers owner? Wait, he may say that. Maybe Kermit the Frog? Wait, anybody could have said that. It's a pretty popular cliche. Was it Mike Wallace of the CBS News? Yes, it was Mike Wallace. Nancy with the win. Looks like Nancy will be coming back next week while Brad goes to Florida to do what Floridians do. Stupid shit. You just don't know Steve Bannon, Brad. But who does? Nancy does! Tonight we have copies of Mein Kampf, gifts for our audience. Join us next time on... Did Steve Bannon really say that? Hey, honey, I'm back with the jalapeno poppers and double-stuffed Oreos. Uh, they were all out of chocolate Yoo-Hoo. Did you tell them who it was for? Don't they realize? Well, of course they did. Now, honey, you Just can... give me the fucking Oreos! Okay, here you go, here you go. <laughs> um, any, 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 anything else I can get you while I'm up, cup, up cupcake? Yeah, my dignity! And the presidency! Oh, come on now, baby. Don't be like that. 
Say, why don't we take a little weekend trip to Havana? Uh, JetBlue has some good deals right now. No! No! You don't get to say anything! You won your election! Mother! Aiden's trying to nap. I think he's getting it woken up. Um, is there anything? Uh, do, you, do you need me to read you an article from O Magazine? I need one more phone! Mom, the, ki- the kids are try- trying to sleep. Um, yeah, you see, honey, that, that's your most important job now. Grandmother. Hillary Clinton, 2020. I don't think so. Ladies and gentlemen, the president-elect of the United States, Donald J. Trump. People! I am here today to shine a spotlight on a group of victims, good people who have been forced into the shadows. That is going to stop. Believe me, last week, President Obama pardoned another turkey, the eighth in eight years, and he did it in front of cameras. The man has no shame. Here he is. They'll get to live out their natural lives at a new facility called Gobbler's Rest, where students and veterinarians will care for them. And so let's get on with the pardoning, because it's Wednesday afternoon, and everyone knows that Thanksgiving traffic can put people in a foul mood. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Let's go pardon these turkeys. Come on, guys, come on. And he was joking about it the whole time. Did you hear that? He thinks it's a joke, and we don't even know who these turkeys are. They come to this country from Turkey, I assume, but we don't know. They could be from the Middle East, anywhere. We don't know. And these turkeys that are coming here, they are not the best and finest. Believe you me, they bring drugs, they're criminals, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good turkeys. But there's no vetting. We don't know who they are. Well, we're going to do things differently from here on out. I guarantee you that. When Obama pardons these turkeys, he's always like, oh, they're going to a facility, some gobbler house or something. But the truth is, we don't know where they are. They're out on the streets committing crimes, raping and killing people. And your leaders do nothing about it except to pardon more turkeys next year. Countless Americans have been victimized by these turkeys, and I have some of them with me today. You won't hear their stories in the mainstream press. They're the victims of turkeys just like the one Obama just turned loose. Nobody hears the cries of these people, but I will, and I've invited several here to speak. Now they can tell their stories. Come on over to the mic, you. Go ahead. Yeah, yes, uh, my, my name is Monroe Kelly, and my son was killed by turkeys. The, the very ones Obama pardoned in 2010. He was brutally beaten and murdered, and then his body was basted and cooked for four hours at 350 degrees. I'll never forget that smell. This, 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 this doesn't quite make sense. Thank you. You're so brave to come forward. How about you, ma'am? 
Don't be afraid. Uh, yes. I was raped by a turkey. Seriously? Do you want... Just read it. She's very emotional. Please, continue. I was raped by one of Obama's turkeys. It was terrible. I'll never forget that red thing they have hanging down. And the way it laughed as it said, Barack says hi. Oh, come on. I can't... She can't continue, folks. I'm so sorry for your loss. Folks, the turkey part and stop as of right now. And we're going to build a wall between us and Turkey. I guarantee that after I am president, you aren't going to hear any more stories about people being raped or killed by turkeys. We're making America great again. Thank you. This message has been paid for by Butterball Incorporated. Butterball from Swift is truly plump and juicy. The Final Edition Radio Hour will be right back. Welcome back to the Final Edition Radio Hour. The Final Edition announces a contest, Trumped Up. Predict the 9-11 style catastrophe that's going to happen under Donald Trump. When mass tragedy strikes, someone gets a prize. Just tell us what the tragedy will be, where it'll happen, when it'll happen in Trump's term, and which demographic Trump's going to put in jail for it. Also, feel free to throw in your own ideas, like how Vladimir Putin will offer to quote-unquote help. Okay, I'm thinking like a nuclear bomb in Baltimore exactly one year after Trump gets inaugurated. Vladimir Putin offers support in the form of Russian battleships off the East Coast. And Trump puts all Muslims in jail. Mass fire bombings across Los Angeles. A year and a half into the term, Putin helps by disbanding the CIA, and Trump puts all Muslims in jail. And Rosie O'Donnell. 600 ISIS fighters board the Long Island Railroad in two years and pee into people's mouths. And Putin protects us by sending 50,000 Russian troops to the Pentagon to pee into people's mouths. And Trump puts all the Muslims in jail. And the Jews. And the person who predicted this would happen. So what's that bombing of the Reichstag moment going to be? Post your answer at facebook.com forward slash final edition trumped up, all one word. That's facebook.com forward slash final edition trumped up. And when the unthinkable happens, you could be a winner. You were scared of the Taliban, then you got bored. You were scared of Al-Qaeda, then you got bored. Now you're tired of ISIS. So we have very important news about Kretmet. Kretmet? You don't like that name? Okay, it's Agblagmag. They sound terrible. They are. The Agblagmag sew other people's faces over their own faces, then do impressions of those other people that sound nothing like them. I'm Cheryl. I put my coffee in the refrigerator because I'm so important. Carol, get in here. Listen to what those bastards in the Ottoman Empire are doing now. I keep telling you, Ron, there is no Ottoman Empire anymore. Pipe down, will you? I'm trying to hear this. In a desperate attempt to destroy us, the Mog also torture beloved internet celebrities. Here is a video of them defenestrating Keyboard Cat. Oh no, I love that cat. Ron, that cat 
died years ago. And in this video, they cut out children's stomachs and feed them to other children, then cut out those children's stomachs and feed them to other children until they have stomachs within stomachs within stomachs into infinity. Why are they doing this? They hate our freedom. Oh my God. Why do people hate our freedom so much? Ron, you don't have any freedom. You're on probation and you have to wear an anklet. If you want to help our country, if you want to defy the Mug, you'll use that freedom. Go out and buy gas. You got it. And another kitchen range. Right away. And donuts for everybody downtown. Yes, ma'am. Ron, you can't go downtown. You're on probation. And the donut place is less than 100 feet from a school. I don't have time for your political correctness, Carol. My country needs me. And so loyal Americans of every stripe poured into the Best Buys and the Walmarts, where they discovered others who also love America. Are you here because of the Agblog Ma? Yes, sir. That's why I'm buying three toasters when I don't even like toast. Do you hate toast more than you love America? No, I do not. I like the cut of your jib. I like the sauce of your goose. I like the trim of your sails. I like the shape of your ass. I like the engravings on your anklet. Got it from masturbating on a commercial airline flight. Hey, how can you not like toast? Soon, rumors arise. I hear people in Berkeley are joining the Og Blog Mog because they hate America. I hear they're joining it because they hate Christmas. They hate America. Christmas! America! Christmas! You're an idiot! Christmas! Finally, brave Americans stand and fight. You're with the Og Blog Mog. No, you are! Yeah! Until one day. We know you're bored with the Og Blog Mog, but there's a new group, the Marshmen. They've secretly been feeding you dog water. Carol, come in here and see this. Ron, the TV's not on. You're off your meds. Man on the street! The inventor of the Big Mac died. Michael Delagati was 98. The final edition asked the man on the street... What do you think? Today the special sauce really is special, you know? I heard that they buried him in one of the ball pits. I heard he died of a big heart attack. In his honor, he will be buried with another dead guy stacked on top of him. I blame the Irish! I heard they buried him next to the guy who invented large fries. We'd like to point out that he was not the inventor of the sexual position, the Big Mac. That is still unknown at this time. That was me. I just really like apple slices in tiny plastic bags. Yeah, but but was he buried with a side of fries? <laughs> right? I'm funny, right? He shall be remembered much more fondly than the pedophile that invented the play place. His last wishes were hold the pickles. His last words. Ba-da-da-da-da. <laughs> It's time for another episode of Inside Donald Trump, wherein the Donald's plucky internal organs plot 24-7 to sabotage the doughboy demagogue. And I'm not just talking Mexico. They're coming in from Asia. They're coming in from all over the world. We're going to have a deportation force. I always say the wall. We're going to build the wall. It's going to be a real deal. Meet Harriet the Heart. You fat sack of lard. You think you're tough? You're 300 pounds of soft, shit-flavored jello. I'm the only muscle in your body. We hate your guts. Right, people? We hate these guys. Yeah. So much. Now, 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 hold on there, folks. 
need Leroy the liver. We can't hate his guts. We are his guts. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. That's right. Okay. How about us? Meet the Kidney Sisters, Sydney and Whitney. We gotta deal with the crap that comes out his mouth and the crap that goes into it. Buckets of bloody, slimy cow juice with barbecue sauce. Gallons of bacon grease and scrambled hen cum. Vats of vomit-colored liquid cheese. Every complex carbohydrate known to Frito-Lay. And 24-7, gram after gram of post-nasal, 100% pure, uncut Coke snaps. Ripping down poor old Ernesto esophagus. Right into our cortical blood vessels. We, we haven't, haven't slept in, in 30 years. Why don't I just kill the fat fuck? Shut off the blood to his stupid, shriveled, right wing walnut he calls a brain. Right on, Wait, compadres, wait. Meet Andreas the Pancreas. If the fat fuck croaks, don't we croak too? Fuck, yeah, right, back to zero. No, we don't, Andreas the Pancreas. We don't? No, we wait till he's in his car, hitting the highway, as usual, high on coke. I shut off the juice to his walnut brain. Shit Bucket has a massive stroke, wrecks his rolls, and buys the farm. EMS shows up, and we become, wait for it, donor organs. Right on. We're transplanted. Into new bodies. Born again, sweet lord. Washed in the bile of the lamb. Now, now, wait a moment here, folks. How do we know he's an organ donor? That he ain't, even when the dead Republicans won't help sick folks. That'd be socialized medicine. That'd be sharing the health. Well, Republicans have a point. What happens on Judgment Day when they rise again and Christ Jesus sees they got a hole where there ought to be their liver? Oh, come on. Blow it out your portal thing. Fuck! What's that smell? Is that you, Eli, you very large intestine? Meet Eli, the large intestine. Shit's going the wrong way. Coming up when it should be going down. Well, squeeze it back out. Make him take a crap. No! Reuben? Meet Reuben Cologne, the president-elect's colon. No to the racist sewage this white maricon is spewing. I, Ruben El Colon, am on strike. I'm twisted so tight, not one ounce of his fat racist turds gets out of here. Right on! Make him choke on his own shit! Ruben, this is a wildcat strike. It is not authorized by Trump Local One. Walk of the Union, every man for himself. Uh, Ruben, we gotta stick together. Organs gotta organize. Ruben, I'm full up. I'm gonna blow! Reuben, you dumb Dominican! You ever hear of sepsis? Too bad! I guard this border! His touch, no passarat! These are curtains for the Donald and all his brave organs. Stay tuned for next week's episode. It's all depends. Where they came. If they came from a certain country, they're going to be brought back to that country. 
We will be back right after this. Thank you so much. Hi, welcome back to the final edition radio hour and our very special holiday gift buying guide. Whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or the ritual bloodletting of the Jews, which will surely be part of Trump America's future holiday celebration, or celebration, you're going to want to get something for your loved ones. Well, why not get them the very last satire album ever made? The most recent one by us at the Final Edition Radio Hour in conjunction with National Lampoon. In fact, to give you a little taste of it, let's revisit an interview with the legendary Tony Hendra and the soon-to-be legendary Jeff Chrysler, which took place in a not-too-distant past. So, Jeff, tell us, um, how did Are There Any Triggers Here Tonight come about? What are you talking about, Tony? You were on the group email. Yes, I know how it came about, but they don't. Our listeners? Oh, right. I forget about the listeners sometimes, because they never write, they never call, they never rate, review, or share our stuff. Anyway, basically, it's a lot of math. See, we pretty much make an album every week with these shows, but I'd say 99% of our stuff is, is kind of crap. Rate, review, and share. So if there's just 1% of 200 shows, that's about two shows. So we took that gold and said, let's sell it. What? what? That, that's, that's not... What are, you, what are you talking about? Okay, fine, fine. Most of our stuff is great. In fact, all of our stuff is great. In fact, we decided to do an album, and we actually had too much good material. Then, if you remember, you and I started focusing on this ongoing commentary about safe spaces and trigger warnings and how comedy can't offend anyone, and there was a Charlie Hebdo incident and protests, and we just looked at everything happening in the world and in comedy, and we found our voice. We found what this album could be about. Our setups, our bits, the continuity, the whole thing sort of came together from that, and it is what it is. Well, I think that's a magnificent statement of what Are There Any Triggers Here Tonight um, stands for and contains. So why don't we get down to brass tacks, as it were. What would you say are your favorites, your personal favorites on the album from the final edition of the National Lampoon? The album being Are There Any Triggers Here Tonight? The title is indeed Are There Any Triggers Here Tonight, yes. The, the album that's available on CD Baby iTunes and the final edition.com. That very one. Uh, I happen to love... The Isis is not gay sketch. Okay, well, let's listen to Isis is not gay. Hello, we are the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. Some people call us ISIS. But you shouldn't. You should call us the Islamic State because we are all Muslims from now on. Don't look at those other Muslims. And whatever you do, don't call us ISIS. And don't call us gay. We are not gay. We are proud kings of the entire Muslim world, no matter what the entire Muslim world says. We are every Muslim united against the United States. Except right now, we are all Muslims united against other Muslims. But forget those other Muslims. Especially the women. Yeah. Just call us the entire Islamic State. And don't call us the Islamic State of Abu and Rahman. We are more than just two guys. Two guys who hang out with each other and hate women and are not gay. Don't call us gay. Do not call us the gay Islamic state of two gay guys having the gay sex. What we do is not sex. It is training. Innocent, naked training. So, to summarize, we are all Muslims, so do not believe all those other Muslims who say we are not. And we are not repressed gay men who are cutting off the heads instead of masturbating each other. Though we are also masturbating each other. It is training. So, Jeff, what actually appeals to you about this, uh, other than the fact that it might get you killed? That is one of the appealing things about it, to be honest. I think it's fantastic to poke a stick directly in the eye of the most vile of anti-satire organizations out there. And the only way to deal with them is satirically, don't you think? 
I believe so because you know laughing at people is as we've discussed in many others the best way to bring them down and it certainly worked for Charlie Hebdo so what else do you like on the album uh, I like the piece that's uh, sort of about American ISIS the New York Police Department so we're saying that the New York Police Department is similar to ISIS well I would say it's not really but it seemed like a nice you know way but to is tie that it because they're not gay or it's because they have a certain strict set of standards by which they expect other people to behave in relation to themselves. I can't disagree with that. Let's take a listen to the PSA for the NYPD. This is a public service announcement from the New York City Police Department. Nationwide, young black men are 21 times more likely to be killed than young white men during police stops. Yet, despite this grave danger, people still risk publicly pointing out that young black men are 21 times more likely to be killed than young white men during police stops. This is just the kind of thing that gets young black men killed during police stops. If you are tempted to criticize police for stop-and-frisk policies, shooting unarmed civilians, and arrest quotas that many people say exist despite overwhelming evidence that they exist, please remember, most police officers are good at their jobs. But the New York City Police Union representative, Pat Lynch, is basically a child. So, when you're on the road, or at a protest rally, or just sitting around at home where you don't think anyone can hear you, please resist the urge to criticize police. Remember, one critical remark can change your life. And that's all it's going to change. Well, I think I've already got a pretty good idea of your opinion of the NYPD, Jeff. So let's just go right along to um, your third and last favorite piece from the uh, album. Are there any triggers here tonight? Well, keeping everything in the same sort of vein, like a thematic thing, you've got ISIS, you've got gay sex, you've got American authority and security. I happen to love the piece we did after the CIA admitted that they forced anal feedings in order to get information from people that were starving themselves, and it was called Shea Rectal. Shea Rectal, yes. Um, you do seem to have a sort of focus here on gayness. Authority and butts. I like authority butts, and I cannot lie. I see. Well, well, okay, very well. Then let's listen to and lap up, as it were, Shea Rectal. Oh, this does look like a fancy restaurant. How did you hear about it? It's the restaurant that the CIA opened to prove that their practice of forced rectal feeding was not torture. So, all the food goes up your butt? Come on, just try it. The website I saw gave it two thumbs up. Way up. My friend ate here. Well, technically, he didn't eat. Hmm, did he recommend anything? Yes, stay away from the swordfish. Ah, here we go. Welcome to Shea Rectal. Do you have a reservation? Uh, no, we don't. No problem. We can squeeze you in. It's what we do. <laughs> ah, table for two right over here. Please sit down while you still can. Ah, ah, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Honey, I'm sure they've heard it all. We don't mind. If our customers can take it, so can we. The wine list is there on the back page of your menu, under rectal hydration. Honey, white or red? Oh, it all comes out red. If you're adventurous, you might order a carafe. Ah, oh, water's fine. I think we'll go straight to dinner. As you wish. Although, before your main entree, we do recommend having a tossed salad. Oh, I'll go for that. But of course. Oh, oh my. Oh, yes. Oh, oh God, that is good. Oh, yes. 
Wait, what? what's that in your hand? <clears throat> uh, ground pepper. Ow! Oh! Oh, Jesus! That's enough! That's enough! Oh, honey, you've got to try this. I'll uh, have the soup. Thank you. Oh! Ooh! Careful, it's hot. And what would Madam like for the main course? You know, I could never stomach the thought of frog's legs, but here, stomach has nothing to do with it. I'll try them. And I'll have the lobster tail. Sixteen ounces good. A twenty ounces better. Ah, uh, what the hell? Twenty ounce it is. Here you go. Oh, god damn it! Oh, Jesus Christ! No, no, please! Oh, waiter, can I get some melted butter, please? But of course, here we are. Oh, oh, oh my yes. That's oh, that's much better, thank you. Oh yeah. Oh, my yes. Honey, how are the frog legs? Oh, oh, oh! Hey, they, they, they feel like chicken. Baked potato, anyone? Uh, mashed, please. Uh, do you have risotto? <laughs> I hope you folks save room for dessert. We have cheesecake. You know what? I am full. Sweetie, split it with me. Honey, you always say the cheesecake goes straight to your butt. Oh, hey! <laughs> yeah, I think we're done here. And how was everything? I know you say it's not torture, but we're ready to confess. <clears throat> we were both planning to bomb JFK Airport. Airport. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, both of them? But of course. Hello, and welcome back to the final edition Radio Hour and Segment C our comedy comment and critique corner. My guest today is Tony Hendrick, co-producer of a new album from the final edition in conjunction with the National Lampoon, Are There Any Triggers Here Tonight? It's now on sale wherever good albums are found. Tony, welcome. It's great to still be here. I mean that quite literally. Oh, that's good to hear, Tony. You've got a lot of great satire left in you. Uh, now, Tony... We've been listening to my take on the new album from the final edition in conjunction with the National Lampoon, but now it's time to get yours. And I'd say the question on everyone's earbuds is, what the hell does this new album have to do with the National Lampoon? Well, the National Lampoon, as is probably common knowledge, was for some 20 years run into the ground and under it by a sequence of morons and criminals. And it ended up in a very bad place, putting its name on absolutely grade C straight-to-video movies and even, at one point, having a comedy cruise in the Caribbean. So when it was taken over by its current proprietors, one of their first jobs and uh, obligations they felt was to rebrand the National Lampoon or refurbish the brand, if you prefer, and try to get it back to where it was in its glory years. And the only difficulty with that was that they had no creative content providers, as we are called. And at the same time, I had approached them to revive a show which I produced in the 70s called Lemmings. And it just seemed like good timing that the two of us the National Lampoon and the Final Edition should start working together. So it's also quite logical that since the National Lampoon needs creative content to rebuild itself and creative content which is commensurate with that which we did back in the glory days 40 years ago, it also seemed natural that they would become co-producers and co-presenters with us on this album. 
So that's why it says National Lampoon presents the final editions. Are there any triggers here tonight? And it can truly be said, since I was one of the original editors of the National Lampoon, that this is material which, in my opinion, is every bit as good as the material we produced back then. I think you are right. That was our attempt, and all along the final edition, I, I've, I've joined up so that we could have that spirit. Hopefully our next album can be called The Final Edition in Conjunction with Van Wilder Presents... <laughs> Stuff that never should air. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, this is really superb. This album, Are There Any Triggers Tonight? I am very proud of it. Could you tell me uh, some of your favorites from the album? Well, yes, I have actually many favorites, but um, a couple of my favorites on the first side, which offends this small Ohio college at which we are purportedly appearing, is possibly the more genial of the three sides, as we call them, and yet it still triggers all kinds of horrible feelings on their part and and a very negative reaction, which is in itself hilarious. So here's a couple of uh, items that I particularly like from this side. One is the Bernie Sanders sex tape. Let's play it. A scandal has hit Bernie Sanders after a video emerged of Sanders more than 40 years ago starring in a pornographic movie. The 1973 one-reeler was called Vermont Me, You Vixen, billed as, quote, the film that leaves you screwed, blued, and Jude. Sanders was characteristically forthright talking to reporters about the film. I insisted my female co-stars make the same pay I did. And I made sure even the fluffer got health care. In the movie, Sanders went by the show business name Rock Hard. But see if you can spot a young Bernie Sanders finding his voice in this clip. I am so horny here in Vermont, real maple syrup no longer satisfies me. Who could that be? Hello, I have come to deliver your pizza. And although you and I have never met and perhaps have basic areas of disagreement on sex positions and doing anal, we might have common ground in our mutual horniness and our desire to reform the corporate tax system. And maybe, just maybe, we can bang. Oh, baby, if I take out my giant titties and muss your hair, do you promise never to comb it for the rest of your life? I will make and keep that promise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, keep your okay. sweater on. Oh, yeah. I have come. And now I must make you come. Equally. Yeah. Oh, here I go. Oh. I am experiencing enormous pleasure from this encounter. Free health care. Oh, yes. <laughs> this condom was free. It is government issued. Tony, what is it that you like best about that? Is it taking down of... Uh, Bernie Sanders as a pure figure, or is it just old people having sex? Um, well, of course, he's not um, He's not old in this. This was from 40 years ago, so he would be in his 30s, and therefore presumably a rambunctious young stud, always at the ready. But what I like about it is that his, uh, his whole demeanor is, is exactly as he is now. And I believe, even back then, that Bernie Sanders would, had he done a sex tape, sound and speak exactly like this. Well, I, I consider this less satire than historical record. What is your next exactly. What is your next favorite piece? Well, my next favorite and this is obviously because I have a great deal of Irish in this in this aging frame. It's really my favorite on this side, which is Abby Parker's quite brilliant parody of Enya. I'm going to be honest with you, Tony. I think this is one of the dumber pieces on our album, and I mean that in the best of ways. It is just so I can't it's let's just play it. Celtic Winds is proud to present this St. Patrick's Day, Enya. Ooh, dear, bring me 
singing the classic songs of Ireland, don't you know? Hear her transform songs like Danny Boy. Danny Boy. And it's a long way to Tipperary. As well as old favourites like Old Mare's Arse. Forgive me, Father, I had a wee bit too much to drink the other night. Fiddlesticks! Away with you! Where's your sack of potatoes? And oh, foggy bum. Get your tickets today. Tony, that was that was very moving. It is moving, is it not? It's uh, some of the most beautiful Celtic music I've ever heard. It reaches me right to my fundaments. That's disgusting. And I think it's a good time to point out, like I think it was true with my choice of Shea Rectal. Our stuff, we're not preaching. Yes, we have some points to make, but we are sort of absurd and ridiculous. And I think nothing shows that better than Enya singing the Irish classics. Indeed. And uh, do you have a final piece that we can try to fit into this Well, this is self-serving in the degree that I actually wrote this piece, but I think this is one of the best pun titles I've ever come up with. It is uh, called Copophilia, and it is a trailer for a television series about a particular kind of cop. Play it. Coming this fall from all three networks, it's Copophilia, yet another searing drama about Americans' crazy, doomed, but unending love affair with cops. James Franco stars as Officer Lou Stiggy Stiglitz, yet another bipolar, sociopathic, trigger-happy, but always endearing cop who strews bullet-riddled corpses, ruined lives, and routine injustices in his wake the way a snake sheds skins, and always comes out smelling like an endearingly battered week-old rose. Hey, officer, how can I have a career in law enforcement? Get your hands on the car, you fucking dirtbag. What you got in your pocket? A fucking gun? He's got a fucking gun! No! No! Uh, you you put it there! Ah! Mommy! Mommy! Good job, Stiggy. Keep these numbers up. You'll make lieutenant. Like you say, Captain, forget the law. It's all about enforcement. Copophilia, the series that brings you the heartwarming inside story of the brave men and occasional deluded female who 24-7, 365 are ready and willing to put their lives on the line for one another. I saw you plant that gun on the kids, Diggy. I'm going to IA. Tell you how it works, Cadet Cody. One of us kills a perp, sugar. We all kill the motherfucker. Ever hear about the one rotten apple in the barrel? Yeah, and you're it. That ain't the way it is, sweetie. One good apple in the barrel spoils it for the rest of us apples. One good apple in the barrel is a fucking rat. Jesus, you just shot her in cold blood. Uh Uh-uh, motherfucker. You did. Copophilia, the show that brings you the enduring truth that any police force in any society embodies the darkest, cruelest, 
and stupidest prejudices that society harbors and whitewashes them so clean you love those boys and babes in blue. Excuse me, officer. Uh, can you tell me the way to the Statue of Liberty? I'm eating. Go fuck yourself. You know, you people are the same everywhere. Back home, we call you lot the filth. Get your fucking hands in the car, you limey faggot. What do you got in your pocket? Probably the gun you're about to put there. <laughs> Mommy! Copophilia, yet another exciting, engrossing telenarcotic series from yet another craven network that brings you yet another flawed but lovable version of your own collective lizard brain. Cops, you gotta love them on Copophilia. Well, Tony, that was that was great. I think that uh, we've discovered some new themes. One is that we hope that the police. And Isis and Enya never hear our album. <laughs> yeah, but I also think that the, the use of triggers in this particular sketch is obviously the kind of triggers that we should really be warning people about. The 300 million triggers in this country with itchy fingers on them. So the trigger warnings seem pretty trivial compared to that. Well, yes. That may be a serious point, but satire does have a serious point. It does. Don't take us so seriously that you try to kill us. Or at least give us a trigger warning before you. Anyway, this was segment C, the comedy comment and critique corner of the final edition Radio Hour. Thank you, Jeff. We'll be right back with the final edition Radio Hour. Pull up your pants. We're back. It's the final edition Radio Hour. Hello. I'm Stanley Sherman. And I'm his wife, Rita Sherman. We're the people in the car ahead of you in traffic. The white SUV. And we're here to encourage you to subscribe to the Final Edition podcast. We are very interested in things. We appreciate a show that takes time to examine the issues. It makes us more informed voters. Whether to go to the right or go to the left or go straight or stop and consider our options. Well, the light is green up ahead, so we better slow down. This will take all my concentration. Be careful, Stanley. I know. The Final Edition Podcast. We have one. Welcome back to the Final Edition. Once again, I am Gil Barron, and with me today is Ben Kirshner. Now, Ben, I understand you just took a trip to Ireland. That's right, Gil. I had such an amazing time. I saw the whole country, really. I, I'd love to share my experiences with you all. Is that cool, Barry? Yeah, whatever. I don't really listen to when you guys do bits. Great. All right, so uh, are you going to tell the story chronologically, or do you want to skip right to the best part? Well, the way I see it, anyone can tell a story, right? Uh, I... Yes. But I wanted to do something a little different. All right. So uh, what did you have in mind, Ben? Well, I was thinking of that old expression, a picture is worth a thousand pictures. That's not an expression. And wait, what? That's right. I brought in a slideshow of my trip and I thought I'd run it here on the show. You're going to show pictures. Yeah. They really capture my experience better than words could. On a podcast. Yep. Barry, could you uh, bring up the first slide? Yeah, I don't care. So you see what I mean here, right? I mean, this shot of the rolling hills just outside Dublin? I mean, not even Yates could describe that. Are you 
kidding me? No, this is an undoctored photo. It really was that beautiful. No, that's not what I... You're really going to show us a slideshow now. Oh, okay. Apparently some of us are too cool for a slideshow. We have busy, important Instagram things to do instead. Well, Instagram is basically a slideshow, and that's not my problem here. Oh, so it's just my photos are no good. Look. This picture is amazing. The depth of field alone. Barry, can you zoom in on this part here? Yeah, sure. Why are you going along with this, Barry? I am still not really paying attention. But that is a nice picture. Gil, this is a podcast. You know no one can see you do a double take, right? Seriously? Look, I can't do this with you right now. I'm just going to cycle through the next couple of slides. Ooh. Ah. Whoa. you guys enjoyed it i mean that last one yeah that was a once in a lifetime shot no one listening now will ever see anything like that ever again well i can honestly say i think that's the best segment you've ever done better yet i finished my crossword puzzle i guess gil just didn't get it no no it's fine i'm just looking to see if the onion is hiring oh that reminds me i saw this hilarious picture on the onion this week here check this out (sighs) gil we went over this it's a podcast they can't see you shaking your head And now you're taking out a gun. It's the radio, Gil. Unless you say you have a gun, no one knows. And you don't need a real one. Oh, and now he's pointing it at me. What a method actor. What about this being audio only? Do you not get? God, you don't have to cock the gun. Just tell Barry to play a gun-cocking sound effect. Uh, Ben? No, I won't let him ruin my slideshow segment with his pointless pantomime. Just cut the recording. I did like that second slide, though. All that color is really going to make this episode pop. We are currently at our cruising altitude of 35,000 feet. We'll be expecting a little turbulence for the next couple of minutes, so please remain seated with your seatbelts fastened. What a nap. I feel so refreshed. Wait a minute. Oh no. I'm awake, but I can't move. Every time I fall asleep on a plane, my muscles contract, and I can't wake up all the way. Stupid sleep paralysis. Stupid cramped seats in coach. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a large roomy seat available in first class, and we've randomly chosen one lucky passenger for a complimentary upgrade. The winner is... The person in C-12A. That's me. First class, baby. Here he is. Should we wake him? Yes. No, I don't think so. What? Why would you do that to me? You're right. He's sleeping so peacefully. You know what? Let's just make him nice and comfy. No, that's not helping me. You can have my blanket, too. Please, it's so hot. Here's my parka. Why are you wearing a parka in here? There. Rest well, sweet prince. Perfect. Just wonderful. Wait. If I could get to my medication, that would wake me up. It's in my bag. If I could just reach. Attention passengers, we found a small bottle of medication. It's for the instant relief of sleep paralysis. Can anyone claim these? That's mine. Look, my name is on... No? Okay, then. We'll just pour them down the sink. Why? Oh, We also found this private diary of a Roger Coleman. 
What? I didn't even pack that. Roger Coleman. Here's a sample. November 3rd. Tried on Mother's panties again today. Stop! Jesus! Nobody's? Okay. We'll just pass it around so everyone can have a look. Oh, God! Why am I being tortured? So, you're pretty cute. And, you know, all this champagne has me kind of tipsy. Maybe I can give you a hand waking up? Finally! Roger catches a break. Okay, don't move. Just stay perfectly still and let it happen. Hey, I can't reach. You're turned in a funny direction. I can't... No, don't give up now. Just just use your thumb to, to open... C- come on! Oh, this isn't working. You're sleeping. I'm not sleeping. Wait! No! Please! Man, what next? Ladies and gentlemen, a celebrity passenger would like to treat everyone to a special in-flight musical performance. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Limp Bizkit's Fred Durst. No! Welcome to Word of the Year. The results are in. The Oxford English Dictionary has spoken. It's going to be quite a night. That's right, Larry. And I think it's safe to say these are some great nominees. Well, I'd say so for sure. Using my words. (laughs) Fantastic. So, first up, woke. Which really came into its own this year. <laughs> Gotta love a grammatical bastardization, right? So right. Of course, woke was very much supported by another strong contender, Brexit. Hmm, concise, elided, snappy. A great little competitor. But it couldn't beat out this year's runner-up, a new verb, adulting. <laughs> nice that being adult is totally optional now. That's the power of language. You gotta love it. Well, here we are. The moment of truth. The award for the word of the year goes to... Oh! And it's post-truth. Post-truth? Wow! I did not see that coming. Whew, bit of an upset to the polling predictions, but there we have it. Welcome to the stage. Post-truth. I won because I am a winner, and that's what winners do, win. So I'm humbled, very, very humbled. I'm the most humble, but I always knew the polls were totally wrong, and I would win because I have all the best letters. Everybody says so. This is going to be great, great. But, huh, isn't post-truth a two-word hyphenate? (laughs) Therefore, not technically a single word. Therefore, not eligible to be word of the year. Wrong! Uh, So there you have it. Post-truth is the word of the year. Or maybe it isn't. In a post-truth world, who can really tell what the word of the year is? I am! I am! I am the best word! Oh, breaking news. Breaking news? Absolutely. Dictionary.com just announced the winner of their word of the year competition. Good for me. I do all the winning. And the word is... Xenophobia. Xenophobia? 
That's right. Word of the year. Me, xenophobia, because I'm the best, and everyone who isn't me is the worst. Nasty woman. Oh, I'm sorry. Do I know you? Oh, I hate you. I hate your guts. I hate, 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 hate your guts. I don't even know you. Do I know you? I might. Don't care. Hate you. Hate you. I hate you. This election that I won was rigged. Totally rigged. Liberal bias. Crooked reporting. Lies. Sad. Well, that's all we have time for. But remember, words matter. Make sure you use good ones. Like these ones. Thank you and good night. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening to the Final Edition Radio Hour. The voices of the Final Edition are performed by Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Jim Earl, Rob Gordon, Tony Hendra, Keith Saltohanes, Gil Barron, Ben Kirchner, John Gutierrez, Megan Gallagher, Samantha Gerwitz, Sean Ari Leher, Dan Frick, Dan Vitale, Jeff Chrysler, Barry Lank, John Marshall, Abby Parker, Rachel Rauch, James Mount, Jessica Park, Kurt Weitzman, Rob Miller, Kayla Merrill, Andrew Danish, Leslie Shapira, and Tuchel, and Darby Worley. Credit to our writers at the Final Edition Radio Hour, Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Rob Gordon, Tony Hindra, Jeff Chrysler, John Marshall, Barry Lank, James Mount, Gil Barron, Ben Kirchner, John Gutierrez, Jessica Park, Kurt Weitzman, Leslie Shapira, Kate Knowles, Jeremy Rayburn, and Steve Rosenfield. The Final Edition is produced and directed by Tony Hindra and Jeff Chrysler. West Coast production by Barry Lank. Audio edited and engineered by Greg Russ and Andrew Hammond. The Final Edition Radio Hour is the property of the Final Edition LLC. Copyright 2014. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.